This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcase. Hello. We're going to be doing our Thursday episode here, and we'll be talking about the Washington Capitals draft, who they picked, why they did it. Uh, we don't really know, but we're gonna we're gonna speculate all day long. But first, I have to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. It's not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. And DraftKings has a sports-worthy offer, a medal-worthy offer, just for our listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-wager. Pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 101 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 101 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for Japanese Sportsbook now and get in all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-ranked DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. If America wins a medal, that's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, RPA only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download it. Use code THPN. Get the good deal. Thank us later. Thank us later. Pops and tabs fall. <clears throat> yeah. One, two, three. Oh, wow. Did you time that? Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, uh, in fact, did pop a tab with the soundbite. Very good. Very good. Good for you, bud. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Caps fans, we drafted some guys this week. I don't know if you if you knew that, but there, there was some, some drafting going on. Uh First of all, we should just kind of review like the first, well, the first five draft picks. This was not touted as an incredibly strong draft class. You know, there's no McDavid's or or Matthews going, but it still is. Uh, you know, hope for the future for many teams. I'd say. Yeah, and for my other college hockey fans out there, you got to be excited. This is the first time three players from one team were drafted in the top five. An Two- NCAA team. NCAA team. Two yeah. are current athletes, and one is a commit for next season. Awesome. So the first pick went to was was Buffalo. You know, surprise, surprise. Owen Power, defenseman, right? Seen some seen some pretty uh, ridiculous memes there, uh, but you know, I think uh, I think it's it's good for it's good for uh, Buffalo. Get some. I don't know. I don't know anymore. What's good for Buffalo? Who knows? Mm. You would think it would be. Relocation. Yeah. <laughs> Second was a center, Matthew Bernier from Michigan, picked by the Kraken. 
why they get a first round pick. I mean, whatever. Well, this is that's a whole other podcast. Equality. Yeah. If right, equality, getting handed a pretty good team right off the bat. Center Mason McTavish was selected by the Anaheim Ducks, and defensive defenseman Luke Hughes, also a Michigan commit, drafted by the Devils. And then finally, on fifth, center Kent Johnson, again a Michigan guy, chosen by the Blue Jackets. So tell us, tell us, Polly, about your college NCAA lust. Okay, <clears throat> um, you know, like I said, they set a record for having three players together in the top five, um, <clears throat> and. Well, the article I pulled said Wolverines went one and two, but I don't think they did. Okay. Good story. So, anyway, you know, three Wolverines, that's got to feel good as a fan, as the coach, everyone in the hockey program. If you're producing talent that the NHL wants that bad, you're doing something right. Right. And I think they... Michigan had an okay season. Right. I believe they were sent home with a forfeit due to COVID, just like Notre Dame was, um, which that was a real bummer. You know, they, they should have plugged that hole with other teams. Yeah. But that's a different situation. I just, you know, as a college hockey fan, I love to see that guys that are playing NCAA are relevant early on in the NHL. Yeah, and this is the first time in history that three NCAA players made the top five. Um, you know, keep in mind, we are lumping in Luke Hughes, who's a University of Michigan commit, uh, who was taken number four by the Devils. That is a Hughes that you know of, uh, with all the other, the Hughes boys there. Well, he's gonna, <clears throat> I mean, I would bet he plays one season and then joins his brother in the NHL. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. It, it's kind of cool. He'll have his uh, he'll have his connection to both brothers because Quinn played at Michigan, and then he'll play in the NHL with Jack. Right, exactly. So, um, real quick, we'll address some of the comments. AJ Howard, shout out AJ. Is the NHL doing the Winter Olympics? We don't know yet. It's still up in the air. Yet they have slotted in uh, a schedule break for it, so it could happen. It'll be right after the All Star. Right, absolutely. Um, and then we have Riverdale VFD73. He's supporting, and we haven't got into it, the picks for the Washington Capitals uh, as far as the defensive side goes. So if you didn't know, spoiler alert, the Caps picked up four more defensemen. Uh, so, you know, shout out, bud. Thanks for, thanks for uh, talking to us here. But first, I think we need to just address the huge elephant in the room, and that is Logan Malau, Malio, uh, 31st overall. He, he ended up, he ended up going in the first round, said he wanted to, like, don't pick me. He actually came out and yeah. said, don't pick me. Yeah. Uh, he said, now, um, basically, um, I don't deserve it. Right. To go in the first round. And the reason that he didn't deserve it, and we covered this, uh, last week was he was, he, he had shared a Snapchat of a young woman performing oral sex on him and then shared her Facebook profile or social media profile um, with his team. 
you know, uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of outrage here for the Canadians to be doing this pick. You know, I, I know that the Twitter people that I'm may you know, the circle that I'm in, at least however that algorithm works, basically lit up the Canadians about it. Um, the Canadians have not, not handed it well in their pressers. Good God, have they not? I mean, you would think that if you're going to do something like that, uh, you're going to have to have like 150 different iterations of responses short, like just completely scripted and practiced upon. That did not happen. They just, uh, acted like he was just a normal pick. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's really interesting. Not only that he was drafted, uh, right. His first round. Um, yeah, because think- because now keep in mind, there's ten teams that put him on it, uh, ten or ten or more that put him on a do not draft list yeah. for this exactly. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see how things play out. It's definitely uh, a questionable move, you know. Uh, I guess the whole hat in hand thing worked for him, you know, like. I'm so sorry. You know, I don't deserve to be here. And well, yeah, you don't deserve to be here. You you were charged as a criminal in Sweden, but yeah. Uh, well, look. I mean, that's a whole episode in itself. Uh, we won't get too deep into that. But you know, we're here to give you the news, and you take whatever you think uh, into your own consideration. But let us get into the Washington Capitals picks. So. As we stated earlier, the Capitals picked four defensemen, a center from Germany, and a goalie. Yep. So the 55th overall pick went to Vincent Iorio. Vincent Iorio, uh, ranked 27th among North, amongst North American defensemen, uh, by NHL Central Scouting. Big kid. Yeah, very uh, big. Yeah, needs to hit the weight room, I'd say, to get over that 200. But, you know, as Polly and I both know, packing on nine pounds ain't shit. No. <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, he's probably still young enough that with his metabolism, he could just house burgers and pizza, <laughs> and he'll stay skinny and just put on some muscle. Well, Polly, I think that maybe he should probably like probably up the protein, but also work out. That's That's a big thing. Well, yeah, I mean, there's not going to be a shortage of that. He's training right. for the NHL. Sure. Uh, he's 6'3", 191. Defenseman registered 12 points, uh, 5 goals, 7 assists in 22 games. The Brandon Wheat Kings in the Western Hockey League. So he's still in juniors. You know, Caps fans, keep in mind that these players are, you know, when you pick a player in the draft, if it's not an Ovechkin, if it's not a not a uh, McDavid Matthews type of player. It's going to be very rare. They're going to hit the NHL at 18. Um, yeah. I mean, look at Connor McMichael. Yeah. You know, he had a really great uh, world juniors mm-hmm. and he still spent his first year in the a Might right. Do one or two more. Yeah. He really could. Uh, and just by the capitals moves this year, the, and the way that they're, kind of feebly testing the market for Kuznetsov, they, that, that shows to us that McMichael is not ready to step into that second line center role, which, you know, there's, 
not very many players in the league that can step into a second line center role. And I don't, I don't think McMichael's ready. I think he needs another year in development, but yeah, that's me. Um, yeah. Uh, so moving on, the Caps then traded their 75 overall pick to the Rangers in exchange for the 80th and the 176th overall pick. Look, I don't hate this. This is a two for, it's a two for one here. Yeah. And, We'll get to it, but this is what led to the Caps getting a goalie. Right. So, here's the thing. Five five spots that low, you know, 80th overall, uh, is not going to be a huge uh, differentiating factor. Only about 60% of first-round picks play more than 100 games in the NHL. Uh, check my math on that. But it's close to that. So picks, first round picks, these uh, guys, they have a, a long shot at actually being a full-time NHLer for any extended period of time over a season and a half. After that, into the second round, things drop off dramatically. Now, whether that is... You know, I mean, there's always those cases, right? The undrafted that come in are studs. Uh, you know, Jay Beagle was undrafted and he's had a healthy career. But you look at these guys and after the first round, basically it's a crapshoot. You know, you see how they develop. Uh, they could toil away in the AHL or the ECHL for several years and they may not ever come to fruition on any of this stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's almost like once you get past the first round, you're drafting to fill your farm team. Ex- that's exactly what you're doing. Um, so, you know, we got Brent Johnson. You ever heard of that name? <laughs> yeah. Not a goalie, but actually a defenseman, 80th overall. He's a 5'11", 161 uh, pound defenseman, ranked 12th amongst the North American defensemen. He went in the second, I'm sure, because of his size. And he had 32 points, 11 goals, 21 assists in 47 games with a Sioux Falls stampede and, uh, one of one in a league that is incredibly near and dear to my heart, the USHL, uh, and, and the reason that is because you know the Omaha Lancers were where I first fell in love with hockey, watching junior hockey in the USA, USHL. And back in that day, if you weren't scoring and making things happen, you were fighting. Yeah, and it what a what a I mean straight dynamite every night was just so exciting. Um, good stuff there. Love to see him coming up in the USHL and in the U.S. program. Yeah, and, you know, he's going to go play college hockey at North Dakota. And to make Riverdale's point, uh, talking about defensemen who can score 32 points in 47 games. There it is. um, you, You mentioned he is a little undersized. But aside from that... So is Duncan Keith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you he's know. he's obviously got a knack for driving offensive play. And, you know, who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, he could be a Schultz or maybe, dare I say, a Carlson. Could be. Definitely. And, you know, I take that back. I mean, Duncan Keith was over six foot, but, you know, the, he wasn't, he's not a, not a massive guy. And, you know, he came up in an era where size was king, right? Um, yeah. I I think that the NHL is veering away from that 
and it's good to see that the Caps are, are pushing that. I can't remember. I mean, I remember the time when they traded away Matty Perot because he didn't fit the Capitals archetype of, of big bruising uh, power forward. And mm. you just can't have a whole team of that. You need a little bit there. Uh, I've seen bigger guys, <clears throat> Mike Green, no offense, get pushed around in the crease <laughs> more. So, right. hey, uh, 119th overall. Defenseman uh, Joachim LeMay, 10 assists in 15 games with the Salmon Arm Silverbacks in British Columbia, Columbia Hockey League, committed to the University of Omaha, Nebraska. There you speaking, go. Speaking of the old uh, Midwest there, uh, committed to the UNO, the Mavericks. Uh, gotta love it. I'm so pumped to see that this guy's going to go play for the UNO uh, Mavericks and, and hopefully tear it up. Uh, they the Don't sleep on the Midwest, guys. I mean, you know, I guess, what would you, you wouldn't consider Minnesota Midwest, right? They're the North, I would say. Midwest, I, North, or what would you say? I think they get looped in with Midwest. But in terms of hockey, probably North. Right. And the thing is, is that quietly, uh, Nebraska, you know, places that are traditionally not hockey areas have become pretty legit at hockey, I would say, from the ground up. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, Dan Ellis, a goalie, uh, Jed Ortmeier, both NHL talent that ended up playing, that I saw play in the USHL, that was years ago. Um, the USHL, I think, kind of had a little bit of struggle city when they are on the struggle bus there, but I hope that they're resurging now and and gonna have a have a good team or a good a good league along with the University of Omaha is always in the mix for the the tournament you know they may not make it but they're a legitimate team so they are love to see it our third or our fourth pick was center Hakon Hanelt Hanelt 151 overall 17th among international centers and 36th among all international forwards by the, the scouting, uh, NHL scouting central six foot 194 pound center had one goal last season in the DEL and has been captain of Germany's, uh, Germany's U 18 world juniors team for two years. Now those numbers do not sound good, but you have to think, I mean, look at this kid's size, six foot, he could easily get over the 200-pound mark, and he's a center. And he's also <clears throat> a kid who was playing with professionals. I think he's 17. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's he's got promise. Right. So in Europe, you, you can be drafted younger. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure he's probably around 18 now. But, like, last year, as 17, he played in the top German professional league. This this kid knows what it's like to be a pro. He's been playing in Germany's best league. And as you can see from some of the German talent that is coming out, uh, you know, what's who's the guy in, I know I'm going to ask you, you're not going to fucking remember. Dreisaitl. I would have known that. Okay. All right. Sorry. I just, I just, I just came up with it, Polly. And then there's also Stutzel. Stutzel. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, 
friend of the podcast, Oli Kolzig, who, <laughs> who's not a, who's not a trained German talent, but, uh, more Western Canadian there, but in the sense of, uh, you know, being able to represent his country, he's done that a couple times. Um, you know, Germany at one point was that team on NHL that you played in international play and they were like terrible, right? They were basically yeah. Latvia or Slovakia. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> They've come a long way. Yeah. So don't sleep on German, on Germans. And I, I, what I, what I'll say about this is that I love that the Caps are not stuck in their ways and the win now, right? Their scouting department, which is what you want from a scouting department, obviously thinking about the future, but they are, I feel, a very much ahead of the curve on their picks here. And, you know, I'm no draft expert. I don't dissect this stuff. But to see, like, okay, they picked a German, you know, they picked four defensemen, I don't mind it. Uh, speaking of which, the next pick, uh, 176th overall, the one that we got from the Rangers, the last one, defenseman Duke Krebs, another undersized defenseman, 5'11", 182, 11 assists in 23 games with the Medicine Hat uh, Tigers of the WHL. Again, all these kids are in juniors, so remember, Caps fans, you may we're, we're talking about them now. You'll probably forget about them. I know I will. And then four or five years later, we may see them in Hershey. Yeah, uh, quick retraction. I mm. said this pick was our goalie. Uh, so just, oh yeah, no, no. I'm just correcting myself. I was wrong about five minutes ago. Okay, well, thank you for your honesty, Paulie. Uh, <laughs> I'm a man of honor. You are. You are very honorable. So, uh, what I would say about these picks, and we'll get to the goalie uh, in a minute, but think about this right if if you if you know you know the caps have been picking late for the past what decade yeah uh they've only it seems like picked defensemen and goalies now what has that gotten them of late we've shipped off juice uh we've shipped off you know obviously vtech got picked gets picked up in the uh the, the most recent draft, but like as of, as of the past couple of years, we've also packaged, uh, you know, I think Aaron Ness. I mean, we've moved around quite a bit of low key defensemen from the AHL as bargaining chips. I do think that scoring goals and being a playmaker in the NHL is something that is like the hardest thing to do. I feel that the, the strategy behind all of this is get defensemen. If they're not going to be goal scorers, that's fine. They'll still be serviceable. You know, if you can get a late round pick, like over a hundred or into the eighties, even to be a serviceable NHLer, that is a huge feat. Oh yeah. And then being able to bargain them against a forward, somebody that maybe needs to fill a slot five years down the line is a healthy, move for the caps. I I do not hate at all. I mean because again they were dealt with a with a shitty hand as we have been. I don't hate these picks. Not, um not and to round it out to to finish the argument here is that goaltender Chase Clark was picked 183rd um and he's 66202. So the the tendy of of your, of the Washington Capitals draft class, the tendy is is the heavy hitter here. Big guy, you know, those are like Vasilevsky proportions, Samsonov proportions there. 
had an 18-2-1 record, three shutouts, 1.92 goals against, and a 9.35 save percentage with Jersey Hitman of the U.S. PHL. Now, that is like some probably second-tier junior league. Yeah. But, again, keep in mind these kids are so far away from hitting, sniffing the jockstrap of an NHL full-time spot. But when you have to think of like when they're in the system, okay, maybe they catch the eye of somebody and you package them in with picks or whatever it may be. And, you know, I think it's easier to cultivate defensemen and goalies than it is a center where the center is required to, you know, look at all like they, we have the Selkie award in the NHL, but look at how, how much, I guess a, a defensive center can go under the radar. And a perfect example is of a elite center in the league is Nick Backstrom, who has gotten no love in his career, no credit, and is an absolute stud. Now, he was a first rounder, don't get me wrong, but that's the type of pedigree that you'd have to come from to be a, an elite forward in the league versus a defenseman who we can, you know, everybody wants a cheap D, D man, right? Yeah. Yeah, and <clears throat> with this goalie, you know, goalies have the the most mobility. So this kid may not be playing at the highest level, but, mm-hmm. you know, he might end up being a diamond in the rough, and I think he probably has the most uh, potential to make it to the Caps. Because he's drafted, you think? Yeah, I mean... You know, you get into the system, you have so many less people to compete with. And, you know, if they see something in him, you know, the fact that he's playing USPHL this year, two years from now, he could be on the radar. Right. And that's that's an interesting take because, you know, there's only two goalies per team. Right. right? Um, it, and it, it sounds like it shouldn't be, but you're saying that it is. Interesting. I'll say this. I think that the Capitals scouting department has a really good eye for defensemen and goalies. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think their goaltending, especially their history proves that. Right. Um, you know, we've hit a bit of a rough patch as far as calling from the farm, but this is what happens when you have a competitive team for a decade. I think that this is just, I, I agree 120% with building a team at any level, might all the way up to the NHL from the net out. And if you give yourself as many, you know, options in that, in that vein, you're going to have success because like I said, these probably aren't guys that the Capitals think, Hey, this is going to be a top, this is going to be the next John Carlson. This is going to be the next, you know, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov. This is going to be the next Ovechkin. Nobody's thinking that right now in the, in this, and and I like that reality's there. And I think that what I like even more about it is that these defensive picks that they've that they've put out there have puck moving ability, hockey IQ. That was something that was highly touted over all of these picks, even the goalie. And 
you know, everyone in the NHL always needs a cheap goaltender because that's where the Caps have saved so much space in their cheap goalies. <clears throat> Case in point, Seattle. Ex- exactly. There you go. And that's exactly why. So, you know, Caps fans, not a lot really to like take away from this. I don't think it's like an end all be all. I think that the people that are, that are, uh, petitioning and, and, and rattling for a, why didn't you draft a forward or a winger? Is because those guys seem to wash out, I think, a lot quicker. You know, to, to be somebody in, in the NHL as a forward, you have to set like records in your junior leagues. Like you have to be somebody, uh, good. I mean, even the third line guys that are in the NHL were probably studs in their hometown. Like absolute, no one could touch them. They had to go to a travel team and then they had to dominate there. And then from the travel team, they had to go to juniors, which generally requires them to leave home, sometimes thousands of miles. And then they have to dominate there. And then, you know, as you, you know, and when I say dominate, I mean like a point a game at least. <clears throat> I mean, Paul Bissonnette was a junior star. That's true. So, That's true. you know, that just goes to show you the guys in the NHL who barely touch the ice, they, they're they elite. So then the stars are elite elite. <laughs> right. Second level, like on another level. And I, I, not only that, look at what defensemen are getting paid nowadays. You know, I'd say like, Three or four years ago, even five years ago, top defensemen were at such a premium. And then even, and that trickled down into like, even like fifth defenseman, sixth defenseman getting paid millions of dollars. So, uh, you know, while in, in the NHL, they're not exactly the most highest paid like space. I think that they add a lot of value and I, and I think that team, that's the type of thing that teams will take another look at when you're in the bargaining, bargaining seat. So whether these guys make it in, who knows, but I don't mind these picks. And like I said, getting a bunch of smaller undersized defensemen that have offensive capabilities is huge for sure. I, I like to see it. And then the center out of Germany. Don't sleep on the Germans, man. They're, the country has come leaps and bounds on hockey. So, you know, most of these guys you'll probably never see again other than now. But the one or two that do could net either a roster spot with the Caps or more more than likely be a bargaining chip for somewhere else, depending on the state of Ovechkin and Backstrom. <laughs> in and and who John Carlson and Orlov and well apparently Trevor Rand- Trevor Van Riemsdyk but you can see that our team is old and having bolstering the youth and the def- on the blue line is is a good thing so I'm here for it I don't I don't mind it what about you Polly what's your what's your overall take <clears throat> I like the draft picks um, I know I think I had said previously that I thought we were in a good spot on the blue line. And we needed to start building the centers. So yeah. 
you know, at least we did get a center. Uh, I like taking a goalie, and yeah. especially that low. You never know. You might end up getting something really great for really, you know, uh, low risk. Right. But I'm looking at these – I'm looking at all these guys, and I think they've got some real potential. And I don't see any of these draft picks and think, why the hell? You know, I right. think – I like what they've done. And, it, you know, maybe we'll have to start paying attention to prospects. Right. And here's here's the flip side of it, Cavs fans. If we were, like, on the edge of our seats for drafts, draft picks right now, I mean, look at look at the teams that are that are, that picked the top five. You know, you've got, what, New Jersey, Buffalo, Seattle. Like, you know, we don't want to be in that situation. No, we don't. Uh, it may be inevitable. I mean, I feel like that's kind of how the league is designed with the cap and everything and, and how draft works. But having uh, nothing that rocks the boat in your draft class may be the best gift of all. You should put that on a card. That's a Hallmark card for now, for sure. Hallmark. Uh, I think that the cap should start selling them, and uh, I've copywritten that statement. So please contact me for any uh, rights. Copyright purchases. Trollmark cards. Trollmark cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, since we're talking draft, before we move on, mm-hmm. I just wanted to quickly, <clears throat> you know, talk about the NWHL International Draft. It's the first time they've had an international draft. Interesting. And just a quick rundown. So the the Buttes picked Lavisa Bernitsen from Sweden. She's a goalie. Nice. The Connecticut Whale picked Sabusa Sato. She's Japanese. No shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just a quick note on that. Japan, their team is relatively competitive at the Olympics. I mean, I think they almost beat Russia. Well, so... Yeah, I mean, like the like two Olympics ago, they scored one goal, and they like that was a huge deal for them. The next Olympics that I saw them, I was like, "Holy shit!" Coming from one goal to uh, what they put on the ice in the second Olympics, and they scored a few more goals. Obviously, I think they, they lost won a, a game. They got their first win over yeah. Korea. They yeah. lost to Russia one nothing, and there was a controversial goal. I don't know if it was. Russia's goal or a called off Japanese goal, uh, but it was close. Yeah, interesting how four years makes a difference, and I mean yeah. that's that's insane growth in a in a sport like hockey. Yeah, and the fact that now a Japanese player has been drafted shows right. you even more progress. I mean, for perspective, if you look, we just talked about like what was it probably like NHL two thousand and five that uh, Germany. <laughs> Was like I remember playing on the N sixty four, how bad Germany was yeah. on an NHL game, but now we've got Leon Drysital and Stutzel in the league, and they're coming off a, a silver performance. Exactly. Um, so the Boston and that Pride, were, and that took like what a two thousand five to now. It's like fifteen years, sixteen years. So yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry, right. I was trying to make that full circle, and I've been drinking. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
the champions, Boston Pride, they mm-hmm. took Evelina Rosali, and she is Swiss. The Toronto Six, the most recent expansion team, mm-hmm. they took Reka Debasi. She's from Hungary. Wow. The Metropolitan Riveters, which are in the New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> they took Romana Koseka. They're in the New Jersey, huh? Okay. Yeah, they're in the New Jersey. The New Jersey region. They're in the yes. of the United States. They're in the state of New Jersey. <laughs> and the Minnesota Whitecaps took Fani Gasperics from Hungary. So um, an entirely uh, non-North American roster or draft class. Yeah, and it was just the one round, um, and. You know, um, two from Hungary, Slovakia, Switzerland, Japan, and Sweden. For the NWHL to be having a draft at all is huge. And for, I love to see the Far East getting some love here. Yeah. Um, they had their, they already had their draft a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. the, the regular draft. And then they had the international draft. Oh, this, this is the inaugural inter- international draft. Oh, so I had two different drafts. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I missed that when you first said it. Sorry. Yeah. But interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I mean, well, you know, what is it? Uh, Finland's goalie. Uh, she was insane in the Olympics. I mean, oh yeah, under a two goals against average, like for her career. Career numbers played in the uh, elite Finnish league uh, with with the men. I mean, crazy stuff. And you know, Ratty, she'll never she'll never get any love. Uh, I think I think she'll be kind of probably one of those unsung heroes, but definitely a pioneer there. Good stuff. Um, all right, so should we move on to just some team news? Yeah. All right, so. The 21-22 season opens on October 13th in D.C. So we get our, our first game at home. Yep. Against not only the New York Rangers. Let's see if they're, who's it, Sammy Blyce or whatever that they got. Let's see if this, this motherfucker is going to add some grit to the lineup and who's going to fight Tom Wilson and whatever dramatic storyline you want to put there. Um, I'm scared. The Rangers are good, dude. <laughs> and they have our number, and I am... Ugh. I mean, ever since Mika Zabinijad went off for five goals in a game, it was just <laughs> kind of like, fuck you, dude. Like, this is this is over. Um, I, I don't... I mean, we've had a bit of a rivalry there, and, you know, again, talking to Andy Hammond and uh, James Whalen from the Broad Broadway Boys podcast on the Hockey Pod cast network they they're always like you know we don't really have you know the rangers are kind of that team that really doesn't have like a rival you know because they're original six they don't have a rival yeah they got the islanders yeah but they're not really like rivals right because of the way the islanders have been they have i mean you know obviously they're like ah fuck you when things it's they probably take a little bit more joy and when things go wrong with them but it's not like a heated rivalry like the why like like Pins caps, right? What about New Jersey? 
I, I still don't think it's there, man. I don't think it's at that height. Mm. It's just like, and maybe it's just because, and I mean, like, so what are you going to say? Like the Rangers are rivals with Buffalo because they're a New York team. No, exactly. Right. So Buffalo is <clears throat> definitely a no rival team. <laughs> right. Uh, you could say that. Yeah. But it, it's interesting to see. So, Hey, uh, and and there was a time when the Washington Capitals met the New York Rangers many times in the playoffs, uh, and that was some really great series to watch. So I think I would think that the Rangers and the Caps would probably kind of boil over into a pretty good rivalry. Yeah, it's gonna get reignited. Yeah, and I, you know, they they say that the the Hurricanes and the Caps are supposed to be some sort of rivalry as well, and we'll see once the divisions get back into realignment to what they have been post COVID or pre COVID. We'll see what they what they get into post COVID times, but uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, with the Metro now. I think that it's going to be a competitive division as well, but uh, as it always is. Uh, we'll see what Philly's going to bring out with all their new acquisitions as well. They've moved, they've moved, you know, Gostabir. They've moved some guys around. Uh, you know, Ryan Ellis, that guy's a stud. We'll see. It, it's fucked because you're like looking at the high, the, the, the twilight years possibly, possibly of the Penguins and the Capitals. Yeah, I think the, the Caps are. Five years off from drafting in the top ten. Oh, dude, shut the fuck up! Don't even say it. Don't even say it. We're gonna we're gonna remain relevant. Come on. We'll see. Well, hopefully, you know, Vetchkin contract's already been signed, and we'll see how many years that's actually gonna be. Obviously, we always record on Sundays, so interesting stuff. I'm hoping. You know, was talking on Twitter is like. In a groundbreaking move, he takes a five for five deal. I mean, dude, with five million in cap, because so right now the the Washington Capitals are sitting around like nine million available in cap space. Four million in cap opens so many fucking doors. First of all, it alleviates all of our cap problems. All of them. They're all gone. And then it's like, what do you do here? Which which forward do we go after? You know, Ovi could take a uh, five for five. Yeah. We could ship off Koozie for peanuts. Sign Landeskog. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. I didn't even think of that. But we'd have to give Landy eight years at that price. It'd be worth it. You want to stay relevant after Ovechkin? Sign Landeskog to help Wilson carry the load. Whoa. Imagine those two on a line. Landeskog and Wilson. Yeah. They'd hurt some people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're, just, now we're obviously playing in fantasy land. I'm, su- I'm suggesting that, that, and again, we, we don't know. But I would love to see Ovi do four for ten. And I think that's a team discount. I think Ovi gives the team a discount at ten million a year. 
and again, we, you know, we've talked about this so many times, like how, how many, he is the best goal scorer in the league in the, in the past decade and has shown no signs of slowing down. Yeah. Stats wise, stats wise, you know, he's not, he's not taking those, you know, he's not doing those exciting, super exciting things where he's like carving through multiple defensemen, toe dragon, bodying guys out and falling shot into the back of the net. But at the same time, he's still productive as hell. Yeah. More productive than most. I mean, eight or nine, nine Richards now. Jesus. Needs one more. Make it a, Get double digits. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be next year. And he needs to catch Gretzky. So, all right. Now I'm just, now I'm just waxing right. romantic here. So we've got a little bit of news. Yeah. Um, regarding the team, John Carlson had minor surgery on his knee. He's expected to be ready for the season. Um, it sounds the, like a scope. Yeah, probably. I mean, it was obvious. What was it? He took a puck the wrong way, right? Yeah, and it, well, I think he also just like strained it. Yeah. He, you know, none of the caps in last year's playoffs were healthy. I didn't think none of our none of our big guys were healthy. The big guns there, so and it wasn't a secret that he was hurt. Right. I mean, we knew his knee was bothered. And minor surgery could also include getting something drained. So who knows what that actually is? But uh, you'd love to see him be back in in scoring form. And and you know, <laughs> I'm sure that the detractors are going to say he's shit on defense, and they might have a little something on that uh, as far as some of his defensive play in recent times, but. Can't give up a guy like that on the blue line. No. He's our man. And in JC, we trust. Absolutely. So, McClellan said also that Craig Anderson is expected to retire. Uh, makes sense. Dude's like 40. Yeah, and, you know, I will look back on his one season in Washington fondly because yeah. with all the shit that went down, he... Gave the Caps a fighting chance, and you have been high on this guy since day since PTO announcement. This is definitely an "I told you so" moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, I thought was, he was getting cut, and you were you were on on the Craig Anderson train hard. Yeah. After especially after or well, he only got the PTO after Lundqvist went down with yeah. with his heart condition. Um, I read today that Lundqvist is also not ready to He hasn't skate. been cleared. Yeah. Right, he hasn't been cleared to, to play. Um, but he has been working out. Obviously, you've seen he was running. Jeez, I mean, like weeks after surgery. But Yeah, so he's resumed light workouts, but hasn't right. been cleared. Um, and yes, you, you were a heavy proponent of old Craigie. Old Craig. Old Craig. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, you know, I hope you can drink Baileys from his shoe yeah. <laughs> uh, somewhere nice. And Thank you, Craig Anderson, for your service <laughs> to the Washington Capitals. Uh, okay, the Capitals have had preliminary talks with Samsonov, who became an RFA Wednesday, and a bridge deal is likely the outcome. I wonder how much they're going to pay this idiot. Uh, 
<sighs> it can't be more than 1.5. I would like, I would, I, 1.5 is acceptable to me. I and mean, that's what Lundquist would have made last year. And I'm hoping they can stretch it out to three years. That's what a typical bridge deal is. Well, a longer one. Uh, so three year bridge deal, 1.5. Let's hope for that. He has no right in the world, I don't think, to be asking anything more than that. I would love to see him go for like a mill. An even mill. Yeah. You know, come on, you gotta dock him at least a little bit for fucking wrecking an ATV and catching COVID twice, right? Yeah. Not that it's his, you know, it may or may not have been his entire fault that he caught COVID, but... Well, let's dock him for fumbling that fucking Game 3 puck. <laughs> Fair enough. I Do mean, it. not saying I would have done any better in his right. position. Yeah. Doesn't mean it was okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, McClellan has also come out and said they're going to look internally for uh, the second goalie behind Samsonov. Or they may, you know, I mean, it's typical McClellan shit. They may uh, they may also go for a veteran va- backup in, in free agency, but the Capitals are in no buying position. They would have to get a discount goalie, and I don't think it would be any sort of earth-shattering name. Uh, you know, honestly, here's I was thinking about this. A guy who I would, and I know he's he's done, but a guy who I would love to see teach Samsonov some some shit about about the North American game would be fucking Ryan Miller. Yeah, that guy's got some fire. Yeah, that'd be nice. And fuck it, if he doesn't play a single game, I'm sure he would. But and you know, Ryan Miller has been criminally under underappreciated in his career. Dude's one of the better goalies of of American descent in recent history. So, you know, I mean, it's like Jonathan Quick, mm-hmm. Ryan Miller, you know, previous to him. So, I, I I don't think he gets pulled out of retirement by any means. But that would that would have been a guy that I would have loved to see smacking Samsonov around in the locker room, basically. Yeah, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind getting like a Ben Bishop. Yeah, but he's still teach on, him how to play the puck. He's still on. Yeah, he's still on a pricey contract, so we'd have to hope that the Stars bought him out, and we could get him on a on a discount. Like, on a discount, yeah. Make him whole, yeah, with with our contract. Uh, who knows? Not you know. There's so many things that could happen for agency right now. Because there's so many sellers, so many... I mean, there's just so much action to be had. It, pretty intense stuff, so... Who knows what actually goes down. Um, and... So, so tell me about this last, this last little bullet point here, Polly. So, McClellan said he's he wants to circle back on Chara. After the UFA market opens, um, he was quoted as... Just to see if he's serious about coming back or not, and where the salary is going to end up, and if we have room based on our roster decisions, and they're going to do the same thing with Raffle, let him mm. let him be in the market. I think this is a good idea. You know, maybe it's really the only idea. I mean, you want to make sure Chara really wants it, you right? Because you don't want to you don't want to sign him and then him. 
I mean, I don't think Char would half-ass anything. Right. Well, make sure he's all in. It's not just that, but like you know, you look at uh, you look at the short shift boys. They said that he's done. He just had the look on his face, and they know better. But at the same time, uh, I think Char could retire and have his head held very high. Oh yeah. From having a chip on his shoulder, leaving Boston under less than desirable terms, and then coming to Washington and proving that he wasn't clapped out. So, For sure. I, I like it. I mean, we'll see. I, I doubt they 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 sign these guys unless it's a league minimum because we just do not have the space, right? I mean, yeah. the only thing that we're selling right now is Kuznetsov, seems. And we're going to want a high price for him already. That's already been put out there. So, uh, but you, you, I don't think you can ever count the caps out on making a blockbuster deal for a veteran. So, who knows? Kuznetsov to L.A. for their young goalie, Cal Peterson. You just like Cal Peterson because he's an Notre Dame guy. I do, but he's a stud. He is good, too. He is. And he, he's I, still cheap. Whew. But see, that's a move that a team that's retooling makes. Yeah, but I mean, with Samsonov and Peterson... It would not... It'd be good. That'd be amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be a really good tandem. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, Captains, we've drawn on long enough. Hopefully, we've given you some uh, stuff to chew on here. Uh, Until next week, I mean, uh, we'll we'll be hoping that by the time you're listening to this, obviously, that Ovechkin's been signed for $5 million for five, or maybe Mm -hmm. league minimum, let's go get that cup. Yeah. Uh, and score a million uh, goals, but who knows? And hopefully that everything that we've said is old news by now, super old news, and that we have a lot of good news as you're listening. But until next week, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcake, Polly Cupcake signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.